Welcome to Langstaff Online. My name is Michael De Silva, and I am your host for episode two. In today's podcast, we are in for a real treat. We have pulled out from our archives a message from the 2018 Missionary Conference Weekend. The speaker is Mr. Gaius Goff, and the message he spoke is entitled, Evangelism by Serving Others. In his message, he challenges us to be kingdom people and to be kingdom focused. I trust you will enjoy it and find it as challenging as I do. God bless. We're going to read first in the book of Luke chapter 9, the Gospel of Luke chapter 9. And just reading one verse, the last verse, 62. And Jesus said unto him, No man, having put his hand to the plow, and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. Laborers are needed who have vision, who have vitality, and who have venture. Now that's those three Z's are not uh, my particular thing, but that's what I was pushed on 58 years ago when Mr. Herb Harris uh, took a 21-year-old guy under his wing and he said, get these things, vision, vitality, and venture. See, a, a laborer needs to be totally dedicated to his or her work. And a laborer can't pick and choose what they do or what the master wants them to do. A laborer has to count the cost, but we're willing to pay what the master wants. And when he puts his hand to the plow, that's when he begins to help others and to serve others. Because evangelism is a way of life, not just something that we touch and go on. So when a person looks back, if they look back, that would be some of the possessions that tie us to the world that we would read about here. And sometimes family ties can hold us back. And sometimes we just have plain old personal reservations. But when people are involved in kingdom work, which we are, we're kingdom people here. I hope you know who you are. We're not, one before we were saved, we were not a people. But now, the people of God. I don't know whether you recognize what a holy spot we're in here today. But this is probably the most unspeakable privilege you will ever have in your life, is to be able to do exactly what our Lord said in the way he wanted it done. So our one calling as laborers is to glorify God. And our one task as laborers is to represent him in our generation. Or maybe a little bit of influence on those behind us, but generally it's our own. We can't do much about the old people, so don't panic on that if you're trying to. But people of your age, and maybe the generation behind us, now I know there's two or three generations behind me here today, but still pushing on you. Because our task and your task is to represent the Lord that Donald Monroe and Donald Ross and others who moved into this area with the gospel and began 
the work of the gospel as when Toronto was a missionary field. So we have one calling, that's to glorify God. We have one task to represent Him. And our one life is our major tool. That's who we are, a tool in God's hand. Now read with me then over in the Gospel of John chapter 12 and we'll see the example of one who was a genuine laborer whose one calling was to glorify God and his one task was to represent him here on the earth and his one life was the tool that he used to bring glory to God and to bring the kingdom of God to where we are here in it today. Listen to these words at verse 23. And Jesus answered them, saying, The hour is come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. He that loveth his life shall lose it. And he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. If any man, that's a human person, if any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man will serve me, him will my father honor. Now is my soul troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this cause came I unto this hour. Father, glorify thy name. Then there came a voice from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and I will glorify it again. Isn't that awesome? This is the perfect example of a laborer whose mission, whose purpose was clear. He was coming with a mission. His perspective was precise. He comprehended his mission. His perseverance was without any faltering. He carried out his mission until it was done completely. Now that's how you and I are to be laborers for our Lord in our time, in our generation. The ball is now in our court. He did it in his time. Other faithful people did it in their time. Names like Peter and James and John and Paul. Names we wouldn't be embarrassed to name our children. I, I can't catch up with all these new names. I, I don't know where they get them. They don't even get them out of the book, but wherever they come from. I, I, so pardon me if I never quite remember your name. If it was James, John, Pete, or something like that. I'm Mary, easy to get. But the reason I'm mentioning that is because it doesn't make any difference 
what generation or what age or what nationality or what place you're from. You and I are here to do what the Lord started in our day. Others did it before us. In fact, they came all across North America to to do this. And now people are going from here to other places to do the same thing. And we, in turn, will pass it on to others. That's part of our responsibility as those who get older. Our Lord's coming was with a definite purpose because he was sent by his Father. He knew who sent him. And he came with a clear understanding of his mission. He came to accomplish redemption, to put away sin, to fulfill the scriptures. He came to establish a church. And you and I are now privileged to be the, some of the results of what he started and what he did when he was here in the flesh. And he said, as the Father sent me, so send I you. So now it's our turn. And one of those things that's involved, we have to die. That's not easy. But listen to these words. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life that I live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. We are people who have died with Christ, been buried with Christ, and have been raised with Christ. And we have this mission, this call. And it's not a complicated one. G-O is not a hard word to learn. It simply means leave where you are and go someplace else. So we had to understand that Christ came with a purpose. His mission was clear in his mind. And he said just before he left, you're going to do more than I have done. Not in the power of our flesh, but by the power of God. His perspective. He was a laborer. There are certain things that must be in place before we can understand the work before us. The main ones, I believe, that we can learn from our Lord, and first of all, is our priorities. What's most important? Now, I'm not a genuine article Newfoundland. I'm a half and half. But Newfoundlander, I mean, but I'm a half and half. But my wife's a full-fledged one, and there's a few of you are here, too. You know, across the, whoever, I read about it. I'm not going to tell you the big story. But across Newfoundland's seal, seek ye first the kingdom of God. What it says. And then if we read the scriptures, eh, his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. So we've got to get our priorities right. What is first in your life today? Is it the same as it was yesterday when you came to this conference? Or will it be different when you walk through that door and go home? What's your first priority? Could you define it in one sentence? I want to live because or for fill it in. And if you can't do that, you're wasting time coming here. We don't come to these kind of places 
of challenge and consecration and dedication to go away empty. We come here to know what our mission is. He comprehended his mission, and the first part of it was the first thing. Seek first the kingdom of God. The second thing that we could read about the Lord was his burden for people. And that's involved in this mission that you and I are in. We're not here to make money. We're not here to be well-known. We're not here to run for office or change the world. Some people foolishly have given their kids when they graduate a little badge and says, go out and change the world. You can do anything if you put your mind to it. No, you can't, and we can't change the world. We're here because we belong to a different world and a different kingdom. Our world is already in place. We're just here bringing people from this ungodly world into the kingdom of God. That's what we're here for. And we do that when we look at people and see them through God's eyes. I pray that every day. Heavenly Father, please let me see every child, every teenager, every couple, every old person through your eyes so that I'll know what to say and the right way to say it. We need a burden for people. That's why we're here, to reach people. Because the world system is gone. It's been gone since it started. The devil made sure of that. But ours is just getting going. But not only that, his priorities in life were to seek first the kingdom of God and glorify God. And his burden was for people that he might bring them from darkness to light and power of Satan to God. But his, he had a vision for laborers. And we've heard about that already at this conference. People with vision, with vitality, with venture. Get yourself a stated vision. What would you want one year from now to be different in your life? Vision, vitality. Use your enthusiasm for something that lasts. Don't worry about who wins the Stanley Cup. Don't worry about who builds a new freeway or who how much money you make, or whether your children will be doctors, lawyers, merchants, or chiefs, or tinkers, or tailors, or bow-legged sailors. Don't worry about that. <laughs> you get your vision and your vitality into something that counts. You're an important person in God's work. Stand up and be like a man and woman and act like who we are. We're children of God. Not pride, it's humility. But I looked at that table when I came in here this morning I cried. How come I'm here? He came, the laborer, doing his father's will. And he came, and he wants us to come and do now what he did. Let us labor for the master from the dawn to the setting sun. But he also had perseverance in carrying out his mission. Now, there's no easy way to do anything that's worthwhile. You're going to get blisters, or you're going to get a backache, or you're going to... There's no easy way to do anything that's worthwhile. Don't let people bluff you into thinking if you've got a certain degree in university, it's going to go on grease skids from then on. It doesn't. It calls for labor. It calls for stick 
calls for patience, and it calls for sacrifice, and it calls for time. And the Lord is our supreme example, a supreme model of a laborer who had vision, vitality, and venture. He didn't stop until he finished the work that God gave him to do. And he accomplished his stated purpose. And we can learn from his commitment. And we can learn from his labor. And we can learn from his selflessness how he intends us to labor in his field. I know this is not in the book, but if you know it, sing it. And when I think that God sent him to die, I scarce can take it in. That on the cross, my birth.